Hello everyone, welcome back to the platform. This is the Station House audio series. Man, I I, I think this is now, how many episodes, Chris, have we done in Edmonston? I, I, I 13 or 14 now? 25. We started this back in 89? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah, about that. When I, the car was still in service, they parked us here. I think I'm, yeah, we've been rolling down the line. I think I'm going to talk to Jason and set up a permanent studio in Edmonston here. We're coming to you for, once again from bedrooms A and B. Chris is over in bedroom A. I'm in bedroom B. I've got the better carpet, and uh, I think I've got the better view, but we can argue about that later. We're back with Chris. I call him Soup. Uh, Chris Fox. Uh, Chris is a hogger, a locomotive engineer for Go Transit. He is a railway mechanic. He is a model railroader, and uh, he's into archery and uh, sculpting and... Uh, Sure. <laughs> yeah, Chris, yeah, you don't yeah. have time for any of that stuff. I have no, I have no time whatsoever. Who are we kidding? Yeah, right. <laughs> Soup, thanks for coming back. Uh, I'm sure you're sick I'm... of sick of my visits by now. But I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about a typical day in the life of a Go Transit hogger. And I guess technically, you are not a Go Transit hogger. I say that for simplicity. But your employer is actually Bombardier. That's correct. Before we get into your day, can you explain to our audience the three-way dance between Bombardier, Metrolinx, and Go Transit? Sure. Well, um, just Cole's notes yep. version of it. Uh, okay. How Bom does that all work? Bombardier, and not Bombardier. No, it's not Bombardier. It is Bombardier. It's a French Canadian French uh, French Canadian company. And it's been around for quite some time. And um, I work for Bombardier Transportation. There's Bombardier Aerospace and there's Bombardier Recreational Products. And no, I cannot get you a deal on a skidoo. <laughs> I was gonna say that whole bomb, that whole bombardier oh, thing. Yeah, my, my, uncle, that's my, my dad uncle, too. He my says uncle, the same thing. Yeah, my uncle's yeah. like, ah, the bombardier. Yeah, it's like, what right. is a bombardier? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's Bombardier, it's a Bombardier, yeah. Bombardier. yeah. And anyway, so uh, I work, my employer is Bombardier, and um, Bombardier won the contract for maintenance back in 1999-2000 from CN to run the maintenance on the shop. And then... Uh, so they act, Bombardier acted as a subcontractor. Correct. To look after maintenance. That's right. Okay. And, and then when CN decided to, uh, well, in the Hunter Harrison years, wanted to get rid of their, um, they did not want to take on the Go Transit uh, uh, to crew, crew the trains anymore. Uh, Bombardier put a bid in to crew the trains. And, and that would have been in uh, 2009, 8 or 9. And we took over in about 2000, late 2009, 2010. So we've been doing this for now for 10 years. And when that happened, I decided to move over to operations. I figured I'd give my, I, I've, I've got grease on my hands long enough, although I love doing it, but I figured, you know, I'll pull the throttle out for a change. So Bombardier is the subcontractor that crews crew, provides crews yes, for the go trains crewing for the go trains and, and that's all crew yeah and and also shop maintenance yes that's correct so then 
Who is Metrolinx and what is GoTransit? Okay, uh, GoTransit used to be the uh, Government of Ontario Transit Agency, and uh, they run the buses and uh, trains for the inter not intercity traveler, but the uh, commuter agency from the in the Golden Horseshoe. You could uh, any any of the um, outlying communities that were basically bedroom communities to Toronto go um, go transit would uh, uh, supply their their services to bring people into work or in in and 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 have a transit agency that way. So Metrolinx now is a bigger government agency. Go Transit was buses and trains. Metrolinx now is a larger umbrella. Still it, run by the province of Ontario. Still run by the province of Ontario. Okay. Go Transit now becomes a brand name. The brand name. That's right. Okay. So Metrolinx now has taken over operations of what we call the old Go Transit. They still run the buses, the trains. They also look after all the other new projects in Toronto as well. Like and everything's branded as Go. Everything's branded as Go still. Name. Yeah, it's yeah. a brand name. It's still yeah. classified as the government of Ontario. Yeah. But if you look at the new cars and the new paint job, which is their new image, it says Metrolinx on the car rather than government of Ontario Transit. I gotcha. So yeah. it's just a shuffling. It is. Shuffling it's, of it's the deck all chairs. It is a shuffling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... You were a shop guy. You worked across the tracks here at Willowbrook, yep. and then you decided to come into uh, the running trades. Yep. And what year did you uh, class up as conductor? I classed up as a conductor. Let's see here. Uh, we've been doing this. I was pigeonholed for a while, but uh, over there because they needed me in the shop to train. I was I was a technical trainer in the shop. So you were they, pigeonholed in Mimico. Uh, Don't, right. We're not going there. Keep no, going. I'm telling you, you're oh. keep going. Anyway, <laughs> all right, fine. So then, um, uh, yeah. Long, long story short, there. I, I was in. Uh, I believe I came over in 2011. So classed up as conductor, came from the shop forces the shop. to running trades. Yeah. So really, uh, you're still a Bombardier employee. I am. I'm a Bombardier Cause employee because they I, look I just, after. That's right. The I, shop I, and I, the crews. I just did a sideways step. Yeah. Into into the running trades. Yeah. Uh, and then you were conductor for how long? About four years. And then classed up to, to a locomotive an, to engineer. To a locomotive engineer, hogger yeah. at that point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, there's two schools of thought with this term hogger, and you and I have talked about it. Uh, some people uh, have told me that, not hoggers, <laughs> but other people have, have mentioned to me uh, privately that you know they, they find the term hogger, they wonder if it's derogatory. And I have yet to run into a locomotive engineer who A, doesn't use the term, and B, finds it derogatory. I haven't found anybody that finds uh, the term hogger derogatory. I have no idea. I mean, no. I, I it's don't, a trade name it's, for engineer. It's a trade name for engineer. It's, yeah. a, it's a nickname, really, for you. All the it? old heads refer to themselves as hogger, or they'll say, yeah, I worked with Jim Smith, and he was the hogger on 904. Correct. And that's the term yeah, they that's use. The so. term, and we still use that term. It's even, not derogatory. Even, even in our, it's basically a nickname for a locomotive yeah. engineer. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, Bombardier, being Bombardier, uh, they love to have different acronyms for everything. So, like a hostler is an REO, which is a rail equipment operator. A, uh, um, a conductor is a CTO, which is a commuter train operator. And a hogger is a QCTO, which is a qualified commuter why, train operator. Oh, why do we need to reinvent the language? I don't know. 
To be and your char- chargeman. Uh, you were a chargeman. I was a chargeman. A, yeah. Yeah. What was that it's acronym? A, it's, a, it's an outpost technician. <laughs> OPT. OPT. Right. right. So yeah, you're a chargeman. Yeah, I'm a chargeman. Yeah. yeah. Here on the platform. We stick to traditional I, I, Yeah, and that's and it's funny. My <laughs> ticket, my A card says I'm a locomotive engineer. Yeah. And, and they don't recognize the fact of Transport Canada doesn't recognize, really doesn't recognize the fact as a CTO or a QCTO, but whichever. You're soup the hogger. I'm, yeah, okay, I'm a super hogger. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to your mates. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 I'm, no, I'm far from it. Just uh, as long as you're not a two-position hogger. No, uh, no, no, we don't do that. So, I've talked to a lot of guys that have run freight on the Class 1s, and, you know, you hear the old story about you never know, it's a two-hour call, and you, the phone rings, and you never know when, and you never know where, and you never know for how long. And that's the spare board. Yeah, I would imagine, that's the spare board with the Class 1s. I would imagine that with an outfit like Metrolinks, we'll call it Go Transit for simplicity, mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine with an outfit like Go that things are more finely scheduled. They are to a certain degree, but the spare board still has that three-hour call. So Bombardier has a three-hour call spare board. We do have a three. If somebody books off and they need somebody, they'll go to the spare board. You get a three-hour call and you're going to Barrie or you're going to Milton or you're going coming into Mimico, depending on what you want, right, or what they call you for. But then also, there are specific jobs out there, depending on what your seniority allows you to hold, you can hold a job. Like, I hold a Hamilton job. and uh, Which means you come on duty I come on duty. Hamilton. I come on duty at Hamilton as an outpost, and then I take the train from Hamilton, and I end in Hamilton. And that, that, that whole thing is, is that's, that's my job. That's what I bid for. It's what I stand for. So I have a regular shift. So you're not a spare board guy. I'm not a spare board guy. You're a regular guy. guy. But if, 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 uh, if soup goes on holidays, they might have to call a spare board hogger. Yes. To come in and cover your, your yes. train. There is other thing. We use a CP style, um, way of doing things over here uh we have uh you've probably heard the term tvs or temporary vacancies mm-hmm. yeah. um we can bid on what jobs we would like even i can do that uh everybody can there's a separate sheet on in the computer where you can write down what jobs you would particularly like to try if you want so if that job becomes available every week they run their temporary vacancies and if you if that somebody goes on holidays then that job opens up. If you are, if it comes down the seniority list and you have that job on it, you move there for the week and then that job opens up for somebody else. Like my job would open up for somebody else who either had a TV to it. If nobody had a temporary vacancy on my job, it would go to the spare board at that point. Okay. If I book off uh, for an emergency or I'm sick or something, that goes straight to the spare board. Because that's a one-day thing. So walk us through a typical day, starting with you know time the time you typically like to go to bed, to plan for your day, when you get up. Sort of walk us through I'm, a typical work day in, in the life of soup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I leave, my train leaves at 5.48 in the morning out of the THB station in Hamilton. Okay. So that means I have to be on duty an hour and a bit before that, usually. To get my paperwork to do my brake tests and everything else so technically or technically it's every day my alarm goes off at 3 30 in the morning so when everybody else is sleeping i'm getting up in the middle of the night uh, i get up pack my lunch get in the car 
and I, I drive into Hamilton. How long is a typical a typical commute from your home to I'm, the Hunter Street Station? I'm forty minutes. The Hunter Street? Yeah, yeah, the old Hunter Street. Yep. Station. Yeah, I'm yeah. Hunter Street Station. Yeah. yeah, I'm forty. For, I'm forty minutes. Forty minutes. Yeah, I live in Jarvis, Ontario. Okay, which is down by Lake Erie, close mm-hmm. to Port Dover. Yeah, so um, I'm about forty minutes, and. Um, uh, I come on duty. I, co- I come up into the uh, into what uh, we don't call it a bullpen there. The bullpen is is, is at Willowbrook. I, I come up into the office. Um, we're the first train out, so we take the paperwork off the printer. We go through it, and uh, we set it up for the other trains that are there. We make sure it's all nice and every good. We we as in our crew make sure that the date is correct and that our dobs are in order and any orders that have come through gbos and things like that which we need um are there and how um, many trains are staged in hamilton ready to come east four four yeah so there's four jobs in hamilton and uh like i said i'm the i'm the first job that comes on duty and um so we get the paperwork ready for everybody else. So when they show up, their paperwork is already stapled, ready to go. They just go through and they do their own checks. Um, and uh, I, I usually sign, my, well, we have to, by rule, we have to sign every page, initial every, make sure all the pages are there, initial every page, and initial the date, and sign the last page. So this will tell you about any 42s that might be on the track, yep. slow orders. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> slow orders, work zones, which 42s are work zones. Any construction zones, uh, 43s are slow orders. Um, uh, it, it, it'll tell me if there's a crossing out of service. It'll tell me if I... Uh, um, you have to stop and flag or something it, Well, like that. that usually is done. If, if it says on there the crossing is out of service, then yes, I have to go by what the, 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 um, the, the DOB says. But most of the time for a crossing, the dispatcher will call and you have to write a GBO down on mm-hmm. the fly. But, um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we do all of that. We go through it. And uh, right now, during this time, I only bring the train from Hamilton to Union Station, and then I park it at the Don Yard. Uh, I do that usually in the morning anyways on regular times when it wasn't, when we're not in this day and time of pandemic. Uh, I, I, in the afternoons is when my, 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 my real trip starts because bringing the train into Union Station is basically half a trip. And uh, I park it at the Don Yard. I go on my split, which is uh, generally, it, it should be a three-hour split. And that's when I come and do my preservation stuff. And then I go back on duty in the afternoon and I check recheck my paperwork, make sure that there's no GBOs that have come in anyway for anybody else. Uh, we check the Hamilton as well because because we go on two different uh, railways. I have to make sure that my have the Hamilton DOB or the yeah. I have to make sure. Yeah, I because have, in Hamilton, mm-hmm. uh, you're you're going on to CP. I am yes. Yeah. So I have to have the CP uh, Hamilton sub DOB as well. So I have to carry two. I I have a I have a book of paperwork that I have to get basically every day. And then I meet the train on online train at Mimico. We do a crew tr- trade-off at Mimico. Uh, we talk to each other on a, uh, on a good, if the brakes are good, and w- what GBOs are happening, and if we have anything coming up, and what signal that they came in on. And then uh, we go up in the cab, we do another job briefing, and then we're off, we're off from there, from Mimico, and we're going east. And I go to Union, then I go all the way to Oshawa. Ch- change ends at Oshawa, which is the end of the line. And then I come all the way back to Union, 
and then I take the train home to Hamilton. And then I park it and it goes to bed. The chargeman in Hamilton then puts it to bed and I, I, I tie the train down and I go home. That's a typical day of what I do. And then um, because I have to get up, at, I mean, I park the train in Hamilton at 6, right around 6 at night is when I get in. Yeah. So by the time I get home, it's almost 7, which means... And you're up at 3.30. Yeah, which means I'm going to bed before 9. You got eight and a half hours between yep. tip to tail between I trips. Do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to eat, you've got to, you know, see family and, and, mm -hmm. and do whatever, you know, Chris wants to do in his own time. Yeah. I don't generally do anything at home in the evenings. I save that for the weekend. I plan my stuff that I have to do. And so how does the week look with this? This, this So this would start early Monday morning mm -hmm. and then you're done Friday? Friday, yeah. So you have weekends off. I do have weekends off. This job holds weekends off. Yeah. Also, the, I can get a call from the crew office if I want to take overtime. If there is something, and I and I and it all depends if I feel up to it or not. I do not have to take overtime if I don't want to. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a luxury. Nice to have the. Option. It is nice to have the. Because there might be times you want some extra bank for. I've done that. Not, I mean, or... like like uh, Shanna has uh, been uh, in class or doing something on on her side. Uh, she's a. Um, uh, a physical therapist. So uh, if she's in school or doing something like that, uh, then uh, you know I'm. I would take overtime at that, especially if she's in or, or studying. I don't want to be making noise around or whichever because I know how I know how she works. So I mean, yeah. if I can grab overtime up like that, I'll just run it past her. She says, "Yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm busy anyways." So, what would you say is the biggest challenge of your job? <laughs> the biggest challenge. I mean, there's several challenges. Yes, there is. But I would say. What's the big biggest challenge? Getting your rest. And I, 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 and I, you, you'll hear this from every railroader. The work-life balance is hard on the railway. It really is. Even with scheduled passenger commuter sure, because, service. Sure, because I have a split shift in the middle where I basically have an extended lunch to, to make it simple for everybody. Yep. Like a school bus driver. Like a school, you work mornings, you work afternoons. Uh, uh, correct, yeah, yeah. I have an extended lunch in the middle. Um, the company provides us with a rest area where we can lie down if we want. We can have showers. We can do have some bit of entertainment and th th that type of thing. My entertainment to myself is coming to do preservation. So I usually come over to the uh, TMC and I'll futz around over here getting things done. I may get two or three windows in Evanston and then, uh, you know, back to work. There's no grass grows under soup's feet. No, I'm always working. Man I'm on trying. the go. Yeah, I'm Man trying. On the go. But the... That's <laughs> fantastic. Well done. <laughs> uh, anyways. No the, pigeon reference. No pigeon reference there, no. Anyway, the thing is, is that with... <laughs> with, with uh, if I don't feel it, if I have had a particularly... <laughs> I remember one time I got home and I was there for about 20 minutes and then I had a burst pipe out of the um, uh, out of the well, well, the, the cistern that, that I have and I had to clean up the water and shut the pump off and then fix it. It was just, it was a bad You time. just got home. I just got home and I'm lucky because if not... I would have had a flooded basement, and I'm glad that I found it because I have a water alarm down there, and the water alarm went off, and I just about freaked out, shut everything off, this and that, and I had to fix it. So here I am 
at 11.30 at night finishing up fixing a problem that I had to have so that, you know, I can have water in the house and everybody was fine. And I have to get up at 3.30 in the morning. two hours earlier. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So that being said, that was a short night, but I didn't do anything. I came, I ran the train in. And I wasn't super tired. I was, you know, I still got some rest, obviously. If I deem, and this is the thing, Bombardier is very, very good to us. If we have a problem with our family or we have a problem with anything, they are very much, a, I would say that some people will disagree with me, but they are a family company. They will help you out. They understand there are problems. They don't want you running the train if you're super tired. And you know what? I don't want, and I'm sure the passengers don't want us either. So if we call in and say, I never got any rest last night because of this, no problem. They will book us off for the day. Yeah, you lose a day's pay, but then you can rest. The mental uh, acumen and the mental acuity that you have to have in your job Yes. Is astronomical. Yeah. Well, and I, I can see that as a watcher. I don't presume to know your job. Right. But I'm familiar with the stretch of track. Yeah. And I've been a passenger on it. And, yeah. And Chris, that makes me an expert, don't you know? Oh, absolutely. If you ride a GO train, you know all the work. You, you know everything that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's a busy corridor. And you've got triple track. Yeah. Uh, plus industrial trackage. Yep. Uh, you've got CTC. You've yep. got the Canpaw coming in. Correct. You've got grade crossings to deal with. I got, I got Ford out there. They've got switchers out there. There's you've, all kinds of different things going on. You've got passenger platforms with uh, people uh, with different uh, oh, yeah. attention levels. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that's, that's my next thing. And, it's and people, so yeah. you don't want to be getting up in that cab or that cab car uh, at half throttle yourself. No. And that's the thing. If you call in and you say that you're tired, they take it as, they, they take it seriously and that's fine. Um, so when I had this problem, yeah, I went to bed, I got up, I didn't feel overly tired. I could do it, but I knew in my mind I wasn't doing anything but going to the hotel. And I, I, I slept for my three hour split and I got up, I felt refreshed in the, in the afternoon and I ran my, my shift and went home and then everything was fine at home. So then I went to bed earlier. Basically I got home and went right to bed. Um, and then the next day I just got up and did it again. Um, but the work-life balance is, is one of the hardest things. It's tough. Yeah. The tough next one. thing you, you touched on there very much so is once you're in the cab, it's not all about, um, you know, having a conversation with your mate and that type of thing. You know, what'd you do last night? You can say that and, and you, and we do that. But when you're, you usually have a conversation like that at, at, at the station, you know, then we do our jo another job briefing between stations because the nice bit about it is, is that if you do job briefings station to station, you're not going to miss anything on the track between him and you break it down like that between mile to mile to mile to mile, like for whatever the station is between three or four miles between each station, then you're, you're pretty much set. You know, um, there's a lot of different things that can happen. A lot of different things that can go sideways on you. Uh, I know you're not steering it, but you, when you're, I don't know how to describe this. What I find is anything above 50 mile an hour, because 
you know, when you're doing 83 or 93 for that matter, you're eating a lot of track up fast. Oh yeah. It's coming at you quick. And, uh, I don't usually say anything in the cab at that point. I know my DOB. I know where I am. I'm looking up my lights and I'm watching where I'm going. What I'm in. doing. I'm you're locked in. in the zone. Both of us are at yeah. that point. You know, when we're calling the lights, we're calling it and we're, we, we, we have to be, there is no ifs, ands or buts about it. Yeah. And, I'm not tooting my own horn or, or saying that that, I mean, you have to be, because I mean, I've done it where you're trying to have a conversation and stuff and you're booking along and your brain starts, you start swimming because you're going to miss something. And if you, well, you've got, you've you, got signals, you've got people, yep. you've got potential trespassers, you have grade crossings, you have whistle patterns. Yeah. You have all these things yep. that require your vision yeah. and your action with your hands. Yeah. And I, you know, when you're coming to everybody thinks, yeah, it's, it's, you know, anybody can be an armchair quarterback, which is easy. And the thing is, is that, you know, I have to do all of that. Plus, I have to ring the bell, blow the whistle, turn the lights on and off, meet all that stuff and then uh, get the train over the road safely. It is satisfying to get the train over the road safely. Once we get to, to Union Station and we park it in the dawn, well, that was a job well done. You know, we, we went pretty good, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we don't usually have a job debrief afterwards unless something went haywire. Like, did we cancel that? Did we do this? Whichever. I mean, but most of the time we don't, but I mean, typically, uh, you're, you're looking out for passengers. You're looking out for people that are not paying attention. Is it a problem? It can be. Yeah. yeah. It, it can very much. Is it be. a reoccurring problem? Uh, it, yeah, it, it can be people who got their earbuds in. And they're standing on the platform and they're sitting there on the yellow line. And I'm like, I, I, I part of my uh, trip is an express. So I'm, I'm booking it through uh, Long Branch, for example, at 85 miles an hour. Right and by the platform. Right by the platform. You could literally reach out and touch the train yep, as it can. goes by. Yep, at 85. Yeah. And uh, that's. Wow. Yeah. You're, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this story. I was standing there and this, this gentleman, he, I think, I don't know if he has earbuds in or not, but uh, everybody saw the train coming and I gave it a little bit of a whistle, but he was standing there reading his newspaper paper and he has feet on the yellow line he's just reading his newspaper and you're an in express his, i'm an express oh, he's boy. waiting for his door he is in his spot he is in his zone this is where he is almost every day or what it seems like every day i didn't notice him from this point i noticed him afterwards but he didn't stand there next time uh he was reading his newspaper and i gave a whistle he didn't even lift up his his head he didn't do anything he's in a business suit he's just standing there i went by took the newspaper right out of his hand wow the wind took it right out of his hand and then he took a step backwards because I looked in the mirror, I could see him. And um, that that's one thing. And then the next day I come by, he wasn't near the yellow line. He was step back, you know, and that and that's that's just something when the when the signs actually and I, I don't want to preach this, but when the signs say high speed trains may pass at any time, well, they're not whistling Dixie. We actually do go by there pretty quick. If it's well, even when even when you come in you know, uh, to a stop. Oh, yeah. I was at, at Burlington this yeah. morning. Yeah. And even when, when they come in for a stop, when the power goes by you, you're doing unless, unless you're at the far end of the, the platform, that's right. You're still doing a good clip. Well, yeah. Well, still a big owie. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, oh yeah. Owie. Oh, yeah. When, when you, when, typically what we are generally do is when we come onto a platform, uh, if, if you're at the, um, at the leading end of the platform, I'll say, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I usually between 50 and 55 miles an hour is what I'm entering the platform at. 
And then by the time I get to the other end, I'm down to zero. How you get that bundled up so fast and smoothly is it's, unbelievable. It's different. You can't run a freight train like a passenger train. You're breaking it about 15 places. It's got to be something to do with the brakes. It is. Oh, there's... Um, there's it's unbelievable there is so many brakes on a go-kart it's it's unreal i always think they're not stopping this must be the express well and then all of a sudden you're stopped you have that you have a blender brake dynamic brake system on the locomotive you have uh eight brake shoes per go-car plus you have two disc brakes on each on each axle which is has another eight shoes on that and then so on, on, on top of that, anyway, the, the interesting thing is, is that you have twelve cars of those. These things stop, and I got to admit, they sure do. <laughs> I got to admit, they the uh, Bombardier or um, Hawker Siddeley who designed these things originally in 1977. They threw everything at these brakes. They obviously wanted these things to do exactly what they do, and they do it very, very well. They have a decelerostat system in it, which is an anti-lock braking system as well. And it does, it's, it's a, they're really cool. They really are neat machines. How do you change your station stops between summer dry rail conditions and winter wet rail conditions? Uh, you have to think about that as, as you, get off the, you, you get off the throttle a little sooner. You have to get off the throttle. You have to brake a little sooner. You come in a bit slower. You have to condition your brakes. You have to condition your wheels. And by conditioning, you mean to drag a little. Drag break. a little. Dra- drag just a little. Warm them up just drag a little, a little bit. Break, just yeah. drag a little break. Come on, yeah. And it, w- winter time. Winter isn't that bad. It's when it's that fine snow in the air, almost like an ice mist. It almost like that. Thing. That yeah. is the worst conditions yeah. for us because it just greases the rail yeah. and it greases everything. It greases everything. So it's like Vaseline on Correct. everything. Correct. It's like it's exactly what it's like. Yeah. And 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 you know it too because when you grab that first mitt full of air, and you you're you're sitting there going hello hello brakes hello. Whoa. There you are. Okay, <laughs> we're 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 slowing down now. But I mean, there. I mean, it generally when you put your brakes on, you have five seconds before you before anything happens. So you apply your brakes, and you have at least a minimum of five seconds. If you're doing ninety three miles an hour at five seconds mathematicians out there they can figure out how far i've gone but you're going a long way oh yeah at least a train length five seconds is a long time at least this train length maybe longer before anything happens so you have to think that far ahead yeah and for those who aren't aware um i know that you're on restricted service now because of covid yes we are. but a typical go train set is 10 plus a locomotive 10 and 12 cars plus 10 and 12 plus a plus Plus a locomotive and a cab car yeah i'm i'm down to an eight pack right now yeah do you Here's a question I've always wondered. When you leave Hamilton, you've got a certain number of bodies on board. Yes. But And this is an average day because I know every day in railroading is different. But Correct. just yellow line, median, across the middle. Mm-hmm. Do you notice a difference in weight between leaving Hamilton with a few bodies and pulling into Union with a full train in terms of like more braking power? Like you understand that you got more drag? It's interesting. Or is there enough power I feel, that oh, you no, don't feel? I, it? Okay, here I'm gonna. Uh, this is this is cool part of this thing too that a lot a lot of people know. It's called load load leveling valves on the car, and there's load. Um, uh, 
what's the word on the valve? I can't get it out. It's a um, variable load valve on the car as well. And a variable load valve adjusts your brake cylinder pressure with the amount of load that's on the car. So if you have 1,200 people on a You're car... You're spoiled. <laughs> you have more braking power to a, to, 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 to a certain level, right? You're spoiled. But, but it doesn't always match up to what you want. So, yes, the passenger, Avia has that. All passenger trains nowadays have variable load valves. You know, the equipment that I run at WCR from the 1950s, it doesn't have any no, of that. No, it doesn't. This car we're <laughs> sitting in right now doesn't have that. No graduated release. No, no. Man, I have to, no. I have to actually self-lap the automatic. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's old six-brake. I know. I, I mean, you, you know what? That is, a, that is neat to do. I like, I like running those trains. I like running amazing. the, I like running the lap brake. Yeah. Um, the self-lapping brake valve, like we got a 30 CDW brake valve in the, in, in our locomotive. A 30 CDW. CDW yeah. brake valve. Brake valve. And they, they, uh, the, it's a self-lapping valve. So basically you grab air and you leave it, it'll apply the brakes to that and then hold, and then self-lap itself. And pressure maintaining. And pressure maintaining. And then you have graduated release, yes, which means do. you can gradually take brake off. That's right. And this is an interesting thing because a lot of older equipment, like the, the Waterloo Central equipment that we have, our two S13s and our S3, uh, all Elco's built in the 50s uh, with the old six brake, there's no pressure maintaining no, there's no and there's no graduated release. So in other words, it's not like the brakes, I know you know this, but mm -hmm. just for the sake of our... Absolutely. <laughs> I can't no, tell. No. Chris, you'll forget more about railroading than I'll ever know. This is for the sake of no, our no. audience. Um, on, a, on an old style uh, automatic brake on, on trains, you can't part it's it's if it's like your car on your car you can work the brake pedal you can go push a little harder let a little off that's like that is like i can't do that no. but you can that's called graduated release that's right the brakes on your car now are similar to what's in a 30 cdw because when i can go on and then take some off and put some back on but I only have a limited amount of air. You what still I, can't cycle your air. That's right. Yeah. What I always say to my trainees is that uh, is that we have a balloon of air. And when I take a break, that balloon goes down a little bit. And then if I don't release it and I take a little bit more, it deflates even more. And then yeah. it deflates even Eventually, I'm not going to have any air left until I go to release. Then once I hit release... The balloon recharges. But you have to allow time for that. Oh, and it's about 45 seconds for a 12-car go train to at least get it. It's not That may not be fully charged, but 45 seconds will at least get you enough air back into the balloon. When you're fully released, what are you... Are you guys running 90 or... We're not running 90. You run yes, in 90 yes, pounds? Yes, we are, yeah, yeah. yeah. Via runs 100, we run... Or 100, 110. Yeah. We run 90s. Well, speaking of air, Chris, we've uh, expelled a lot of hot air. And <laughs> yeah, we uh, have. <laughs> once again, it's been a pleasure to be uh, in bedrooms A and B. Right. Yeah. Uh, did yeah. I mention the carpet's a little better over here? <sighs> yeah, I should do some vacuuming on my side. Yeah, it's, it's great. Got a nice <laughs> a nice view of Willowbrook across the street. Yeah. Across the street. Across the tracks. <laughs> across the tracks. <laughs> the neighbors across the tracks. <laughs> they should do something with the property. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Soup, it's been a slice. It's been fun, Bob. We'll catch you again. Stay safe out there. All the best. This has been the Platform, the Station House audio series. Via detector, milepost, 5.51. No alarm. 
detector out. <laughs>